Well, good to see each of you here. Um, what I want to do here is um, talk about Jesus' ascension. Um, we know the core of the story of Jesus. He came and was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect life. He died the sinner's death, though innocent on the cross. He was resurrected three days later. And sometimes that's where we leave it. And I want us to see this morning a few reasons why Jesus' ascension is so key. Why Jesus' ascension is so important for us. That Jesus was not just resurrected and wandered on this earth for 40 days, but that God exalted Him and gave Him glory and has crowned Him with glory and honor and made Him sit at the right hand of the throne of God, a picture of the power of God. And so, this Thursday on the church calendar, historically, was the day you celebrate uh, Jesus' ascension. And um, it is uh, it is it's such an important uh, truth to us. Um, as far as the actual story goes, it's recorded in Mark 16, 19, at the end of Luke 24, and of course the most familiar passage to us, Acts chapter 1, uh, verses 9 through 11. So I'm going to read those verses, Acts 1, 9 through 11, and then I'm going to give you a few reasons what the ascension of Jesus uh, accomplishes for us and for the universe. So Acts 1, 9 through 11, familiar, familiar verses here. And when he had spoken these things, that the Holy Ghost, the Spirit would come upon them and give them power to be a testimony to him. When he had spoken these things, while they beheld, while they were looking at him, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus. Think about that. This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. When I was a kid, I always wondered, was it like when you let go of a helium balloon? And, it... and you think about it, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Jesus just all of a sudden starts, knowing they didn't expect it, I don't believe. He knew. They didn't expect it. He starts ascending into the heavens. Such a... Such a if you think about it, a strange part of our faith. But it is absolutely key to where you are standing right now in Christ. And let me give you some reasons for that. Why did Jesus ascend? And why is the ascension what theologians call his session? The fact that he is exalted and reigning at the right hand of the throne of God. Why is that so important to you and I right now on this beautiful spring day in Maine. Why is that so important? First, it's important because Jesus had to ascend so that his followers could receive the Holy Spirit. So that he could ascend the Holy Spirit to them. He told them in the upper room countless times, it is better for me to leave you so that my spirit can come and live inside of you. In other words, the spirit that you received at your reception of the gospel of Jesus Christ that was implanted in you, God Himself dwelling in you, 
Jesus says is far better for you than if Jesus was physically standing right next to you. It's key. He says, I'll give you another advocate to help you, to be with you forever. He calls the advocate the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. The Father will send in my name and my authority. He'll teach you all things. When he comes, uh, he'll testify about me. Unless I go away, this advocate is not going to come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So the very first important thing is the truth of all blood-bought believers of Jesus Christ is you have the living God ministering the Spirit of Christ inside of you. You are His temple, and together, collectively, we are His temple. God Himself dwells in you. That in itself is enough for us to stop today, isn't it? To really stop and thought about the power of those truths. He is ministering the life of Christ to you and through you. That's why Jesus had to ascend. But that's not all. Secondly, after Jesus ascended, it gives us more motivation, I guess would be the word to say here, to worship and to carry out his mission. To worship and to carry out his mission. Um, after Jesus ascended, what did the disciples do? They worshipped him. They worshipped him. Luke tells us this at the end of chapter Luke. Um, the ascension means that, that Jesus here um, uh, uh, was, was the one who was worthy of their worship. He shows that he is, he is the Lord over this earth that he, that, he, that, he, that he leaves, that he is above here. And after the ascension in Luke 24, 52, the disciples immediately worshipped him. That's why after the ascension, prayers, baptisms, and even healings in the book of Acts were performed in his name. The name of the ascended Christ. The risen and ascended Christ. And the ascension tells us that God's people, his New Testament church, will always be a worshiping church because of his ascension. And because of his ascension, that is that's that that was the that was ascending out, wasn't it? Here of of the disciples in Matthew 28 to make disciples and Acts one um, uh, to to wait till the Holy Spirit come and then you're gonna you're gonna make disciples uh, after that. That it it is it is a it is a key for our worship and it is a key for our mission to make disciples. The ascension of Jesus Christ. You can go into the most hostile environments around the world. A persecuted church can thrive because we have an ascended Christ who is ruler and authority and power above all things. King of kings and Lord of lords. Thirdly, already alluded to here several times, but because of the ascension, Jesus has been exalted to God's right hand and he is invested with divine authority over every molecule in this creation. Not that he didn't have it before. Colossians 1 and John 1 tells us that he made all things, that he's king over all things, that he brought this uh, uh, um, uh, world into existence by his word. But there's a psalm that's quoted more times in the New Testament than any other Old Testament passage, and it's Psalm 110 in verse 1. And Psalm 110 verse 1 is a reference to Jesus' ascension. And it says this, Lord says to my Lord, sit that on my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool 
for your feet. David was writing this psalm. And so he's referring to the Lord, the word Yahweh here, the exalted God, the covenant God of Israel, as Yahweh is speaking to his Lord, Adonai. So this means that David is looking ahead to a future king who the Lord of Israel will make Lord of all the nations, a king other than himself, but from David's line here. Key. In the New Testament, the apostle Peter in the book of Acts, chapter 2, Paul in 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, the resurrection chapter, the writer to the Hebrews testify that after Jesus' death and resurrection, he is seated beside God, and he has given, been given divine authority. He is elevated to heaven. He, he, is, he is given control of the affairs of the universe because of his perfect sacrifice, because of the ex, uh, accepted sacrifice of the Father uh, through the resurrection. He has ascended, and he is reigning on high over all circumstances. That means there is not a microbe, and there is not a powerful kingdom that is beyond the reach of his power. A disciple of John in church history, his name was Polycarp. Many of you probably heard of him, wrote this. Therefore, this is what it means for us as disciples, for discipleship, the ascension of Jesus. Therefore, prepare for action and serve God in fear and truth, leaving behind the empty and meaningless talk and the error of the crowd, and believing in the one who raised our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead and gave him glory and a throne at his right hand. To him, all things in heaven and on earth were subjected, whom every breathing creature serves, who is coming as judge of the living and the dead. That was written 1,900 years ago. And it is no less true than at this moment right now in May in 2020. That's why the ascension matters. Fourth. The ascension demonstrates that God, listen to this, that God has placed a human being as the crowning glory of his universe. Do you understand that when Jesus was uh, became flesh with us, was born of a woman, and Jesus Christ uh, died on the cross, and Jesus Christ was raised again, when he was resurrected, he still had a human body. And he will forever have a human body through which he shows his wounds and claims his own, the song says. And to be a believer in Jesus means to walk in the reign of Jesus Christ. That our, our, we order our lives, our stories, our worship, our preaching, our finances, our relationships, our ambitions, our hopes around the most important confession in the Christian faith that is, that is declared over and over again in the New Testament that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is still incarnated as a human being. A glorified body, human body. And when he ascended into heaven, he did not cease to be human. He is the second person of the Trinity. He is fully God. That he did not cease to be human as he took on that flesh. And the one enthroned besides God is a brother like us. He's a human being, fully God, but he's a human being, reigning at the helm and the captain's wheel of the universe. Think about that. God has himself in heaven, the one who is the God-man. 
Fifth, we already share in the ascension of Jesus Christ. What do I mean by that? By virtue of us being joined to Jesus Christ through the gospel. There's lots of ways the Bible says this. We're in Christ. Christ is in us. I'm crucified with Christ. I live in Christ. Um, We're hidden in Christ, right? Lots of ways the Bible describes this union with Christ. Because of that very truth, that we're united with Christ in in His perfect life, in His death, in His resurrection, and His ascension, it means this. We share right now, and we will more fully in the last days, right? In eternity, we share right now in the reign of Christ. We share that. We share that. Here's what what I mean by that. <clears throat> Certainly in the New Testament, in Romans 8 and other passages like uh, 2 Timothy 2, Revelation 2, variety of passages of Revelation, that sharing the reign of Christ is held out as a hope, a future hope. But it is also true that there is a sense in which we already, right now, are sharing the reign of Christ. Listen to what Colossians says. Since you have been, what? Raised with Christ. You are then to, what? Set your hearts on, what? Things above, not on things on the earth. Things above. Why things above? That's where Jesus is, right? That's where Christ is. Uh, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, Colossians 3.1. We're not on the throne yet. We'll take a cross, right, before we receive a crown. We're not on the throne yet in a, in a certain sense here. Um, but uh, our man is. The God-man is. Our Messiah is. Our Master is. And as he said in John 14, where he is, there we shall also be. Reigning with Christ in Colossians 3.2 should motivate within us a deep desire to live worthy of our holy calling of our ascended Christ. Ephesians tells us that we're already seated with Him where? In the heavenlies. So there's a sense where we are already participating in the reign of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're heirs. Six. Jesus' office as priest was not finished at the cross in the sense that he ceases to be a priest. His work was finished and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. But his priestly ministry continues in the realm of his divine counsel in heaven with Father, Son, and Spirit and the angels here. His priestly interceding, mediating ministry continues in eternity for us because he's the ascended Christ. That's what the book of Hebrews is all about, isn't it? Over and over, right? He is the mediator who has given us access to God, and he continues right now as we speak. He continues to make intercession for his people. He brought us out of the exile of sin and brought us into the eternal covenant, the promise to God's people. The writer of Hebrews says, We have this hope then as a firm and secure anchor, a steady anchor for the soul. And we have a high priest who is forever a high priest and is the forerunner for us. Forever a priest after the order 
of Melchizedek, an eternal priesthood. He's promised. He's faithful. He's interceding. Then finally, because you have to have seven points here. (laughs) Finally, we saw in Acts chapter 1 that his ascension means that he's not done, right? What did he say in Acts chapter 1? The angels say, He'll come again in the same manner. The same Jesus you walked and ate and made breakfast for you, who you saw cry out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That same Jesus you saw suffer and die, who you are still stunned and awed at 40 days later that he was alive and resurrected from the dead, that same Jesus will what? Will return in the same way that he left. This is talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ, right? That great, blessed hope, Titus calls it. Does that, do all these things not say something about the love of God to us? And the treasure that He's given us in Christ? His ascension. So when you're sharing the Gospel, remind people that He's the ascended Lord. He's risen, and He's ascended, and He's at the right hand of the throne of God. And the Bible says He will return. In fact, many times in the Apostles' Gospel, as they share the Gospel, they said He's going to return and judge the world, right? Now, why would He be able to return and judge the world? Because He's the ascended King at the right hand of the throne of God. And that's amazing. It's powerful. And that's what bonds us together here today. And that's what God is ministering to your heart this morning. And as I was studying this, it just caused me to worship. Gave me a sense of joy at who our Lord Jesus is. That human being, fully God, that human being in heaven, my older brother, is the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords interceding for us. It's an amazing thing, and we should never, never forget that, never take for granted. And when we are uh, uh, delving in, in darkness and sadness, um, or whether we are having a wonderful day, we need to reflect on the truth that we have the eternal Son of God who is ascended on high who one day will make his enemies his footstool and raise us together with him. Let me pray and then uh, if you have uh, any uh, elements for the Lord's Supper, you're willing to take those out. There are some extras up here that are available. <clears throat> crackers and I believe there's some juice you can uh, you can use if you'd so like um, uh, here. But, and you can get that here right after we pray. Lord, we praise You for the beauty of Your creation that points to You. The heavens declare Your glory. And what greater glory is there of a crucified and risen and ascended Messiah, our Jesus of Nazareth. Thank You for delivering us this good news by the grace of the Gospel. And Lord, may our hearts be in greater and greater tune with who you are with our worship and with our mission and why you've left us on this earth. 
to help people become closer and closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm going to go get my elements here. How about showing the Facebook crowd, the people that are here? What? Yes. Thank you. I didn't make it. I thought about it. You can put more grape juice or what do you have, whatever you have, uh, in here than you do with those little plastic things. You can drink the whole bottle this time. In fact, if nobody claims this, I might take this one. That's right. I have an extra one here if somebody needs one. Does anybody need anything? There's cups that are untouched in a uh, bottle as well. And there is some extra um, crackers here wrapped up. Thank you, Becky, and others for doing that. Do you know why this Lord's Supper is special in light of the ascension of Jesus Christ and all the other truths of the gospel? Because it brings us together. It reminds us as we take these common elements. Now, I know you all brought them from your own homes. But we're partaking generally in principle here of these common elements that remind us of the common truths that we have in the Lord Jesus Married, single, old, young, dark, light, whatever. Rich, poor, athletic, clumsy like me. Whatever it is, we have a united nature with Jesus Christ. And that's why we take these things. Because it reminds us of this truth. That everything He's accomplished, and we looked today at His ascension, there's more than that, certainly. Everything that he accomplished has been shared with us and shared with us together all over the globe. All over the globe. And so his sacrifice that enabled all these spiritual blessings to be joined together and celebrate and thank him for. So let me read these words here from the book of Luke. Scripture says this, And when the hour was come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him, and he said unto them, With desire, I have desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Luke's account has the cup first and then the bread. So I'm going to skip to the bread and take that first. The Scripture says, And he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying, This 
is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a New Testament and my blood, which is shed for you. Well, let's go ahead and take the, uh, the, the, the cracker here, um, broken, as Christ was broken for us, and remember his death through his body broken on the cross for us. Crushed for us so that our sin nature could be crushed and one day fully eradicated, right? Crushed for us to give us power over sin to take the penalty for us. And with as large a cracker as that, you need a bigger cup, I think. <laughs> Don't you? Oh, you got the bottle there, Pastor. <laughs> Might be tipping that bottle here. But in all seriousness, he wasn't strangled, was he? He was pierced. His blood was poured out for us. His blood was poured out for us because without blood, there is no forgiveness, no taking away, no wiping clean, no remission of sins. And so as we take this juice, whatever form you could pull out of your fridge here, and the difficulties of shopping in the grocery store, His blood was poured out for you. He signed, sealed, and delivered the promise of the gospel in His blood. It's precious. And so the Scripture says this, And He took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. Later on, he says in this Luke 24 passage to these 12 apostles, talking about our reigning with Christ, And I appointed unto you a kingdom, as my Father hath appointed unto me, that ye may eat and drink at my table and my kingdom, and sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. All through the means of his blood. So let's take part of that together. This is my blood. It's poured out for you. Hallelujah. What a Savior. And let's sing together the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. As we close here, um, the deacons and I will meet here at the beginning of this coming week here to discuss our plans for Sunday. Um, Our hope would be to figure out a plan to where we could 
meet and figure out the logistics of that in our building here. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we will uh, communicate that to you as quickly as possible. Any um, uh, insights or um, ideas that you might have that would be constructive certainly would be appreciate, appreciate, appreciated um, here as to uh, the best way to do this and be able to accommodate um, groups of, uh, of 50 in various places uh, of the building. We're thinking through that, but uh, we need your eyes and ears uh, here uh, as well to help with that in a way that uh, will be uh, will be will be something that we can work uh, together. So, um, would uh, would appreciate any uh, any insights, any ideas that you might have uh, as well. Um, so we'll meet and uh, put our heads together, and then uh, get a get a plan together um, for you all uh, that would have more details of how that works. Um, and so uh, appreciate uh, appreciate each and every one of you. Good to see your faces here uh, this morning. Thank you, Charlie and Becky, for letting us use this place here um, for God's glory. And uh, pray that uh, he.